This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. A lot more to get to today, plenty of time for your calls and your texts. But listen, I wanted to get into this, and we talked about it last week. Uh, Raids in Toronto, Hamilton, and even Vancouver targeting cannabis culture, which uh, is a magazine, I guess, among other things, but also operates marijuana dispensaries. Now, in Vancouver, for a long time, it seemed as though they were basically tolerating and regulating these dispensaries. Toronto, though, has taken a harsher approach. So, caught up in these raids were well-known marijuana activists Mark and Jody Emery, arrested at the Toronto airport as they were set to head off to Europe. Well, joining us on the line, I believe it's uh, Mark Emery joining us here today. Mark, is that you? Yes, how are you? Uh, doing very well, Mark. Thanks for making some time for us here today. Uh, look, I mean, obviously, you, you uh, I've had run-ins with the justice system before. We talked a lot about your time uh, in the United States in prison. So what's happening now with the justice system in this country? Well, you know, I've been exiled to the United States for five years by my own government. I've certainly been persecuted by the city of Vancouver for 20 years. And now the city of Toronto is persecuting me, and that makes my 36th jail appearance, uh, jail and prison uh, experience and my 30th arrest. So for me, it's uh, just another day in paradise and the way on the march to justice. Uh, in Jody's case, though, uh, it's the first time she's been put in jail in a remand overnight and in uh, the overnight cells. So uh, that was a more profound experience for her. Yeah. And uh, But she, I think, appreciates it because she's been representing people who've had this experience uh, for her entire adult life. And uh, now she knows what it's like to be strip-searched and poked and prodded and led around in, like, claustrophobic vans and what have you. And, uh, and she's right here now. She just got her property back from the, the remand, and they weren't allowed to use cell phones there. So if you like, she can uh, take over this conversation now. Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. Well, thanks for that, Mark. So, Jody, you there? Yes, I'm oh, there. there. We go. Hey, Jody. Yeah, I mean, obviously quite an ordeal you've gone through here. So what's been happening today? What's the latest? Well, we woke up very early. We've literally been doing nonstop media, and I just finally got my property back. So my wedding ring, my dead father's necklace, I mean, all my little personal belongings. And now we need to drive an hour to another location to pick up our suitcase so I can finally get socks, underwear, my bras, my night guard, and my glasses, and everything else that was in my suitcase. So, um, yes, it's been quite a busy day, but it feels good to be right back into the activism with a bigger, louder platform than ever. All right. So you were, uh, you and Mark were both arrested on Thursday, right? Or was it Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. night. It was Wednesday night, and they didn't let us call lawyers for a few hours, even though they demand, we demanded the right. They said we had the right, but they didn't let us do that. And then when we appeared in court the next day, uh, that was put over another day because the Crown wanted to continue enforcing some uh, warrants, I believe. So it was quite an ordeal, spending two nights in two different jails. But um, as I overheard Mark saying, you know, I've been campaigning against this all my adult life. And to experience it firsthand, I wasn't scared. I never cried. I mostly was grateful that it wasn't worse. I kept thinking of people being tortured in prisons overseas and how there are many people who don't have family or friends to look out for them. So I felt good, and I felt it was my responsibility to really take this experience and convey to people what happens to so many peaceful, nonviolent citizens for simple cannabis. Okay, so what have they charged you with? What's the nature of their, their case against you here? 
When they arrested me, they told me I was under arrest for possession of, for the purpose of trafficking, possession of the proceeds of crime, and conspiracy to commit an indictable offense. Now, apparently, according to some news reports, this all carries a sentence of life in prison. When you have mandatory minimums and everything else, it adds up to a very severe punishment. And conspiracy laws are one of the worst laws you can find. That's how they got marked down into America. All you have to do is talk to two people about breaking the law, and you're guilty of conspiracy. It's that broad. You don't even have to commit a crime. You just have to talk about that you might. So that's a very serious charge that's hard to get out from. But I do have a lot of legal experts and scholars who are saying the time might be right to revisit R versus Malmo Levine, which was the Supreme Court of Canada decision on recreational marijuana. And it might be a multi-year legal battle and a constitutional challenge based on our case. And wouldn't it be sweet to win victory for true legalization if we managed to have this sort of case win in the courts? Well, I guess the, the irony would be, obviously, that along the way, we're anticipating that marijuana will be legalized. Absolutely. But the legalization the liberals are talking about is strictly about restricting and limiting access to marijuana and to introduce tougher penalties. I mean, Trudeau used to say he was in favor of decriminalization because young people shouldn't get criminal records and police budgets are spending too much money on it. And ever since Bill Blair, the top G20 cop, took over, it's now become a campaign to maintain the spending on prohibition to make it even worse for people who don't follow the government's rules. And that's not legalization at all. In fact, even if they do legalize it, it's not going to become law until late 2019, perhaps. And in that time, tens of thousands of peaceful Canadians are going to be arrested, lose their right to travel. You can lose your kids and your job and your home. There are so many numerous ways people can be punished. And even consider the fact that Mark and I are right now innocent until proven guilty. Yet I've been stripped of Cannabis Culture, the magazine that I began editing in 2004. We're not allowed to go to our political party headquarters, the BC Marijuana Party. I mean, my entire livelihood, my friends, my life has been totally torn away from me, and I'm not even guilty of a crime. So this persecution is definitely intended to prevent us from being able to do what we've always done. But don't worry, I'm going to be an activist 24-7 now because I don't have a business to run in the meantime. Well, part of that business involved operating these dispensaries, correct? Well, in April of last year, we had the opportunity to set up a model of a franchise system for cannabis distribution centers. So it was less than a year ago that cannabis was even ever available. When Mark was in prison in the U.S., as you know, I was sure to keep myself completely clean. You weren't allowed to bring seeds into the building. I wouldn't. I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. But once Mark got out and we saw all these people operating businesses and we felt, you know, we helped make this possible and we need money in order to fund political campaigns, court challenges, rallies, everything we've ever always done for decades. We need money to do those sort of things. So we figured, why not do what everybody else is doing and do it big and above board and show everyone what legalization should look like. And there's no harm. There's no force. We weren't requiring people to pay a doctor. We didn't tell people to sign up for a registry. We were saying cannabis should be treated just like coffee or just like alcohol. You can go and buy it. 
You can be an adult. You can consume it with friends or take it home. That's the model that we should have, but it's not the model that the liberals and their business companions and and conspirators are working to create. Right. Now, look, I agree with you that we should have that. I guess the problem is that we don't, right? And so the law is what it is. Mm -hmm. Does does that obligate police to, to enforce the law? Well, the police don't enforce all laws or else they could go arrest every bookstore for selling pot magazines. Under Section 462.2 of the Criminal Code, it's illegal to sell a book or magazine about marijuana. And you can go to jail and be fined for it. That's mm-hmm. still on the books. So a lot of laws that are outdated, the police don't bother to enforce. And we even had a period where everyone knew legalization was coming. So the police laid off of dispensaries. Trudeau even praised the dispensary in Winnipeg. So there was this period where the police weren't enforcing the law because it was not in the public interest. But ever since Bill Blair began his touring across the country telling police chiefs, I don't know what, behind closed doors, but ever since then they've been cracking down very hard. And you can look back to last year, starting in January, these licensed producers which are governed and run by many cops and politicians, they've been lobbying their liberal government to shut down dispensaries, to shut down their perceived competition. So that's a form of gangsterism, I would say, when you send men with guns and masks to go rob your competition and throw them in jail. Uh, But they're just thieves with badges. Well, it was odd to me because this was uh, ostensibly a Toronto Police Service operation. So why would that result in arrests and raids in Vancouver? It is unusual that the Toronto Police showed up at our headquarters in Vancouver. I am surprised to see that they would go that far. Um, But, you know, last year I was a very vocal critic of the Toronto Police uh, raids across the city when they arrested many people and shut down many dispensaries. And I believe Police Chief Saunders was quite upset with me at the press conference when all of the media turned to me instead of him because I was making a lot more sense. But you have to say that, you know, when you brought up the law as the law, well, medical marijuana is only legal in Canada because dispensaries and patients broke the law, went to court, and got they got charged, but they won. And the courts ordered the government to provide more access. So many different issues, not just pot, but abortions with Dr. Henry Morgenthaler, with women's right to vote, with many different causes, contraceptives, birth control. People broke those laws to change those laws because the government was not willing to change those laws. So peaceful civil disobedience is necessary. And the only reason legalization is even being talked about is because of decades of people who are bravely breaking the law because they know they're not hurting anyone, and it's the law that hurts people. So you and Mark knew that this could happen, uh, and you were prepared to take that on. Yes, Mark was... I think Mark says sometimes I was a bit naive. I like to say I was hopeful that Mm -hmm. nothing bad would happen. I mean, out of all the possibilities that exist, being able to be a free citizen to engage in a business that hurts no one after years of activism, it felt like that should be something we're allowed to do. But Mark is far more experienced, as we all know, with the injustice and the extreme force that will be used against people who speak out. And right now across Canada, there is a national debate about whether we were, why we were charged. And I think most people would agree that Mark Emery and myself 
are no gangsters. I hate guns. I hate violence. We are not organized crime. If it is crime, it's only because the government defines it as such. As soon as they stop criminalizing cannabis, we're no longer criminals. I mean, you can't say, like, all laws should be broken. Obviously, laws against murder and rape and assault and theft, those are valid laws. Those are laws that protect people from harm. But marijuana has no victims. Marijuana causes no harm. There may be a small number of people that it's not good for. They might not be well-suited to use it. But far more people are being killed and, and suffering from pharmaceutical pills, alcohol, and everything else the government promotes and profits from. All right, so what next now for you and Mark? Well, like I said, they've taken our entire business away, so now I'm going to be a 100% activist 24-7. I could run for office again. There is a spring election in B.C. I just need court permission or police. I need the police to know I'm going to be there in order to go back. Um, But we hope to get our bail conditions changed so we can tour across Canada and to fight back against this reefer madness campaign that's happening with Bill Blair and the Liberal government. And I also hope to keep writing more and maybe I'll go back to Ottawa. I was just holding a rally on Parliament Hill when the Ottawa shop opened a couple weeks ago. So you're not going to see me shrink back and disappear. And like I said, they've just given me a full-time job of activism. So I'll continue to fight on behalf of all the millions of Canadians who got criminal records and the many tens of thousands of people who still face arrest. I will not give up my fight for their right to be free from unjust arrest and imprisonment. All right. Well, Jody, we'll leave it there. All the best to you and Mark, and thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Of course, anytime. It's a great right. honor to be on your show. Take, <laughs> Take care, care, Jody. Thanks. All right, there you go. Jody Emery, uh, marijuana activist. So maybe she was uh, hopeful it wouldn't come to this. I think Mark's probably uh, a little more jaded, uh, given everything he's been through. Uh, but they're going to take on this fight then. If that's what the, the system wants, that's what they'll get. Uh, certainly these two have never backed down from a fight. You know, it's interesting, too, by the way, and she talks about where people have broken the law in order to bring about change. Uh, it was interesting, because Mark's done a lot of that over the years, uh, going way back to, uh, I think it was 1990. Even though the, the Federal Lord's Day Act, which prohibited Sunday shopping, was struck down by the, criminal, uh, by the, the Supreme Court, rather, Ontario still had a, a law preventing Sunday shopping. So Mark Emery was one of the people who went out and deliberately violated that law, which uh, led to it being scrapped. But yeah, the law is the law. And I guess then technically, these two are breaking it. Should that be a priority right now to, to use police resources to go out and arrest people for this, given that the government's about to legalize marijuana? And what do we make of uh, the, the response from the Emory's? That if the police and the system want to fight, that they're going to take them on. 403-974-8255. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.